You're listening to the regular podcast from Pete the Vet's blog. This was first broadcast on East Coast FM. Our vet is here, Pete Weatherburden. Good morning, Pete. Good morning. Welcome to International Women's Day. Is it a, a factor in the world of vets? Well, it, it is. It's become a very big factor. Um, used to be called feminization of the veterinary profession, but these days it's called changing gender distribution in the veterinary profession. In other words, a changing balance of male versus female. What it really means is that back in the 1960s, I suppose 50 to 60 years ago now, back then, um, around 90% of vets were male. It was a male profession. And typically, it would be a man going out to the farm um, or going to treat some horses, and it would be seen as a, you know, a strong, a strong man kind of job to do. You had to be hale and hearty and a bit burly, and um, you had to have big muscles and have to had to do heavy work to be a vet. And then, of course, pet practice came along, and then what happened is, over the, I suppose the the the, the twenty years from nineteen sixties to the nineteen eighties. It changed from 90% male to 50% male. So when I qualified as a vet in the mid-80s, which is 30 years now, um, it was about 50-50. And since then, it's carried on changing. So now you have about 80% of vet students being female and only 20% male. And so that's something Seriously? which... Yeah, it's not well, just... Well, we all know Gillian Hick, right? Uh-huh, yeah. We, all, all, we, we love Gillian and her books and things like that. And is that what you're talking about? That years ago, she wouldn't have been. She wouldn't have been. Uh, oh, there would have been a very small number of Gillians um, 50 years ago, a very small number, whereas now the majority, um, 8 out of 10 of new vets are female. And that's not just Ireland, that's UK, the States, Australia, New Zealand, um, Brazil, wherever vets qualify, 80% of them are female. And um, and what, what they've realised, what everybody's realised, of course, is you don't actually need to be strong and masculine to do the job of a large animal vet because most of the time it's thinking work and the, the practical work you have um, there's plenty of ways you can do things without having to actually use your own physique whether it's carving a cow or, or examining a horse or whatever that, that your actual physical physique doesn't really come into it so it's changed completely and even even 20 years ago farmers might have looked slightly askance if a if a, if a, if a fragile looking female came onto their farm these days it's just normal and people realize that gender has nothing to do with how it's, well it's you probably can do the job the same in the, the human medical profession too i mean it used to always be the doctors were male and the nurses mm. were female mm. yeah, that, that used to be the way i don't know what the percentages are in 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 the uh, human medical world i do know that they say that the veterinary world is is the most exaggerated of all from the point of view of this difference. It's very, very significant. And what they also say is that female vets tend to decide from an earlier age that they want to be vets. And they tend to quote love of animals as being the overriding reason why they want to be vets. Whereas males tend on average, to decide a little bit later and to 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 have a, a, a slightly more a slightly different motivation towards why they want to be a vet. Although I have to say that I decided I wanted to be a vet when I was five years old, and love of animals what it was all about. It was nothing to do with anything else. And still, I think a lot of vets that is the overriding thing. But anyway, um, the fact that there's more and more females in the veterinary profession it has made a difference to the structure of the profession because, again, figures show that something like 80% of of males go on to become um, 
practice owners or part practice owners, whereas the figure is less than 40% for females. So on average, females are less likely to become practice owners. And um, nobody's quite sure why that is. Part of it is, I suppose, that the biological imperative that females are the only ones who can have babies, so they have to take some time off to have babies. Um, and that means that their career is less continual than the typical male at least the females who decide to have babies. So, um, you know, um, that means that um, they also tend to be less driven to want to own their practice. They're more likely, on average, and I have to keep saying on average because it's not true for everybody, on average they're more likely to be happy just being a, a, um, working for somebody else and having a, doing a job and going home and doing other stuff. Um, and so it does mean that the, the structure of the profession has changed. And that's said to be one of the reasons why um, the corporate um, entities are coming in and buying up vet practices. Because in the past, there was always um, young male vets, typically, to buy practices from the older vets, whereas now there's less vets, less young vets around who want to buy practices. And so companies are coming along and buying up the practices from really? the vets. That's what's happening, yeah. Corporate companies? Mm -hmm. I mean, who are we talking about, you know? Well, you wouldn't know, you wouldn't know the, the, na the names because it's not really happened very much in Ireland yet. It's just starting in this country. In the UK, something like two-thirds of vet practices are now owned by companies. It's like the, the, the pharmacies have gone. The equivalent of, yeah, equivalent of Lloyd's or Boots or, or, or Spec Savers or Smiles in, in, in the dental world. Um, same things happening in the veterinary world. And the, the companies have got names that wouldn't be common no, at the moment. They'd be names like CVS or IVC, um, names which are a little bit generic, you might say. Um, so when, when, they ha when they buy a chain, they tend to call themselves by, by, by a name that's more pet-friendly, I suppose. So you'll see that in, in the UK big time. Um, but it, um, it's far more likely in the UK that you'll go to a, a vet who actually belongs to a big chain of vets. In fact, it can be quite hard to find a vet who's not part of a chain. In this country, it is changing and, and you, people will, will find in the next number of years, they're more likely to go to a corporate type vet. So that's all linked. It's not caused by the, the, the changing gender balance, but it's kind of linked to that. Um, and it's, it's and complicated. The veterinary college, for example, what's the makeup there? 80% female students. 80% female? Yeah, 20%. Who want yeah. to be fully-fledged vets. Vets, such. yeah, absolutely. Vets or whether it's farm animal vets or horse vets or small animal vets, all the same. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So that's a big change. It's a big change. And there's no, there's no um, gender discrimination when it comes to trying to get into vet college. So part, this partly links to females wanting to be vets more than males um, when they leave school. It's also possibly linked to the fact that females tend to do a bit better than males when they leave school and um, because it's difficult to get into veterinary that yeah, means what's the points you need for well it's, it's i don't know it changes year to year but it's something like 580 590 like or i know or is it more 680 690 it's the max basically is it? you have to get the max you're all pretty intelligent is it or something it's super intelligent i know this is hard <laughs> to believe declan <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, um, because it's because veterinary is so popular, it means that um, the easiest way to to screen people is simply to go down the academic route and say, well, we'll only take the ones who get the best exam results. And it's a shame in some ways because you could argue, uh, same as in medicine, that it may be that the, the people who get in are the most academically gifted, but possibly not the ones who will be most suited to the day-to-day yeah. -day job. Or, or I think that doing, was the HPAT they brought in, wasn't it, to yeah, try they, and they, they rectify that in some way? They have in the medical world. They haven't done that yet in, in the veterinary world. And they, there's been 
they've tried to do things like introduce new new methods of selection, including interviews and so on, but they find that the the outcomes are the same, the number of people dropping out is the same. They haven't yet established the ideal way of, of choosing um, vet students. So the, the system carries on as it was, which is basically the best points. Although in fairness, they also look for things like experience. They do, there's a little bit of, of subjectivity now that you have to have experience of, of spending time um, working with animals during your teen years. Yeah. So they look a little bit, they do look at your CV and they make sure that you have a genuine interest in the topic rather than just... I've got, oh, to, I've got, got to ask you points, a very stupid question, but I have to ask because it's out there, basically. Uh -huh. Has, um, and it does, I can't think of any reason why it should, but is, the, is there a difference in veterinary practice now that the majority of vets are female? I mean, um, I'm expecting you to say not in the slightest, but no, I, well, I just have to ask it anyway. No, no, that's, it's a good question. No, it's, I mean, obviously, veterinary practice now is entirely different to how it was 60 years ago. 60 years ago, it was much more rough and ready, uh, mucky, um, just basic. Whereas nowadays, it is much more scientific, precise. Uh, uh, you know, we, we have better techniques, we have better drugs. The whole system is far more controlled and um, we're able to do far more than we used to be able to do. But that's not, that would make have no difference at all in terms of why people want to do it or not. It's the same, it's the same job, essentially. Yeah, right. Very good. Well, so, you've certainly, uh, you know, marked International Women's Day. Yeah, and I mean, it's... It, well should, done to it, all the women. It's interesting to wonder, should, should, we, should they take proactive steps to encourage, to, to make it more men do it deliberately? Should we aim to have a 50-50 gender balance in our profession? Uh, people talk about that, but it wouldn't really make sense because females who... Who, who do well at school and who tick all the boxes would feel it's most unfair if they're discriminated against just because they're female. So it's, you know, um, I would more say that we simply need to accept that there's a, a changing balance and we need to adjust the profession to cope with it so that, so that it works well for everybody. Yeah. Indeed. Okay, thanks very much indeed. That okay. is Pete Weatherburn from Brave Vet, a male. Uh, it's still <laughs> in the veterinary world. And uh, I'm a male today. Yeah, oh yeah. Who knows about tomorrow, right. <laughs> And you can uh, hear all his uh, podcasts and all his musings on PeteTheVet.com. Thanks very much indeed, Pete.